1: Perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweetin from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. Or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: All right, let me, let me turn my talk. Here we go. I he said he living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle. They say you do this, with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. This life as a gringo. Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course, and it is Thursday, so it means time for our Thursday Trends episode. I am flying solo on the show today, but, man, we'll be talking about a bunch of different things that have been been going on here in the news over the last week, as we always do. Now, there's been a shakeup here in politics. Republicans... uh have ousted the current Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. So we'll quickly touch on that and what it means for the dysfunctional government that we currently exist under here in the States. We will also touch on, man, a bed bug outbreak that is happening. Currently not in our country, but after COVID and and things of that nature, I think anytime we hear some sort of, Outbreak happening, uh, it is reason for concern. And but bed bugs just creep me the hell out. As somebody who, um, you know, lived in the New York area during a previous bed bug outbreak that happened in New York City, uh, we'll also talk about Becky G and her her genuine therapy. I thought this was a really interesting conversation that she she dove into on the Jay Shetty podcast. So we'll talk about that. And in our Mihenta segment, we will celebrate the first ever multicultural and bilingual Prime. Time show. So exciting, exciting stuff. A uh, new game show happening on CBS. So we'll talk all about that. But first, as we always do, let's dive into the nonsense, the BS, in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say a lot for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right. So we'll start in the world of politics. I'm going to kind of get to this quickly. I don't want to harp on it for too long, but Republican Kevin McCarthy is out as House Speaker. Now, he's been the House Speaker since January of this year. He won uh, that gavel after 15 rounds of balloting. He's been ousted now after a small minority of his own party of Republicans. Eight people voted to remove him. So the House is without a speaker, which you know is the person, according to the Constitution, Uh, required to be its leader, right? That means that the chamber is essentially paralyzed until it can settle on a new speaker. They basically can't get shit done until they figure this out, right? Now, uh, breaking down kind of this article from CNN, they say, what was the eight Republicans beef with McCarthy? They're saying most of these eight Republicans came from the ultra-conservative Freedom Caucus. They were angry that McCarthy cut a deal with Democrats to avert a partial government shutdown and fund the government temporarily for 45 days. They're also frustrated at the terms of a deal he cut with President Joe Biden to raise the nation's debt limit earlier this year. This wing of the GOP is absolutionist in its view of federal spending. And some have even expressed willingness to entertain a default or shutdown to get what they want. So these are radical Republicans, the eight that have voted to oust McCarthy and are punishing him for working with the other side. This is the modern-day United States government, where your own party members will punish you if you dare to be bipartisan, as you're supposed to be, right? You're supposed to work with the other side for the betterment of this country because the goal is to have a a country that is doing the will of the people, right? Not just selfishly trying to do the goals of one party, right? In our system, a two-party system, where it has different representatives that you're supposed to be working alongside is designed that there are going to be give-and-take scenarios, right? But members of the extremist side of the Republican Party refuse to work with anyone who is not a Republican. So they are more concerned with their own interests than actually having a functioning government for the people, right? Even the idea that they would entertain the government going into default or a shutdown which would put so many people out of work, so many Americans who need their paycheck—they're okay with that, as 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 long as their own selfish and just idiotic requests are being met. That's where we are as a country, right? Now it was uh, Matt Gates, Representative Matt Gates, uh, who's also had his own trouble in the past with. Uh, 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 alleged, alleged uh, interactions with minors and uh, payments for sex and and things like that. Um, he's had personal conflicts uh, with McCarthy, accusing him of not keeping his word. So that guy was leading the charge to get McCarthy out, Kevin McCarthy out as House Speaker. And again, it just sh- shows the dysfunction of the modern day Republican Party. And listen, I. Don't give a damn what side of the aisle you fall on. We have to call it like we see it. They're literally fighting amongst one another. And the most extreme members of that party are the ones who are, are seemingly holding the most power, as we're seeing right now, and are making a very clear distinction that under no circumstances do you work with the other side, which literally is counterproductive to us as a country progressing and getting the things that need to get done, done. Now, the other question is, why didn't any of the Democrats help here? Now, they're saying some did consider rescuing uh, McCarthy, but the party is also a collective political interest in watching Republicans swarm. And McCarthy, you know, uh, has been extremely partisan. While he cut deals to keep the government open and raise the debt ceiling, he also recently initiated an official impeachment inquiry against Biden. He refused to put some bills that had widespread bipartisan support, such as a defense uh, authorization bill on the House floor without partisan additions. And this is where I'm, I'm torn. And by the way, this is unprecedented. This has never happened before in American history for the Speaker be kicked out of their position in the middle of a congressional session. Um, they say this type of House chaos, in which parties could not agree on a Speaker, was more common before the Civil War. Yes, before the Civil War, we are literally going backwards in time with our practices in government right now. But back to what I was saying. I'm torn on this when it comes to governments coming to to save, the Democrats, I should say, coming to save um, McCarthy. Because realistically, the next person is probably going to be an ultra MAGA crazy conservative who doesn't actually deal in the real world, they just deal in the world of MAGA. So that's not going to be beneficial for us. And at the same time, we are weaponizing the sort of idiocracy that's going on amongst the Republican Party. Of course, as a, a person who votes Democrat, um, you would think that this looks great. It shows the um, inability of, of one side to get anything done or just function as they're supposed to. And, and with elections coming up, you know, the 2024 election coming up, um, you know, this bodes well for for Democrats. Sure, if you're playing that game. But to me, if I'm more interested in the government actually doing the will of the people and getting shit done, especially during a really important time right now. They have a vote coming up for sending more funding, uh, funding to the Ukraine. They've only extended the um, potential government shutdown by, by 45 days. There's a lot at stake right now, a lot going on, and it seems counterproductive to the greater vision, which is not exclusive to any political party, but really just our country running better as a whole and, and being functioning and, and doing the will of the people. That's, that should be the greater goal here. I don't see how Democrats sitting this one out, letting this chaos ensue, um, is is any any benefit to them. Now, there's been talk that maybe they can get support behind uh, Democrat Hakeem Jeffries to be Speaker of the House. I don't see Republicans doing that, especially as they've just kicked out Kevin McCarthy because he was cutting too many deals with the Democrats, which uh, is even just a wild statement. I, it, again, it's just dysfunction, and I, to me personally, and listen, I'm not going to claim i know every far corner of politics i'm not going to claim i understand maybe the strategy here completely if there is one but from the outside looking in it, it seems like it just adds to the chaos by allowing them to do this stupid move um rather than just keeping things as they are even though they're not great um, but it keeps our government functioning um as much as it possibly can that's that's where i take a bit of a a stance here where now again it's a political game rather than what's best for the american people um at the end of the day so we shall see what happens here now moving on to something um terrifying maybe not as uh more creepy than 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 uh life-threatening i guess you could say as a government in turmoil um bugs. let's talk about bed bugs because there has been an outbreak in france and i've seen on the interwebs the uh the, the memes already coming out people expressing that they have already gone through covid they refuse to go through some other outbreak and bugs seems like it could possibly be one of the creepiest ones uh when it comes to the idea of these bugs just crawling all over you anywhere you are right so as reported by al jazeera the french uh, government stated last week that they are fighting an infestation in paris and several other cities the deputy mayor recently spoke about the bedbugs problem on french television saying quote no one is safe which is a Really fucking scary statement to hear from one of your elected officials. Explains, uh, quote, "You can catch them anywhere and bring them home and not detect them in time until they have multiplied and spread." Scary, gross shit. Uh, while his words weren't exactly comforting, they were accurate. In fact, according to the Environmental Protection Agency, bed bugs are quote public health pests that feed on human blood. And while they are not known to carry diseases, good thing. They are HEM persistent. If on lookout for them in your home, they are brown, flat, oval shaped, and about a quarter of an inch long. Gross as fuck. I remember when there was this was like a thing in New York. Um, uh, it was like it was probably like 10 years ago, I want to say, roughly. And it was like they were on the New York City subway and people were getting infested with them. And it was just I think I I actually think I ended up getting it at one point. I can't prove it, but I was for a while before I'd gotten rid of that. That bed or, or moved. I think I moved around that time. I would wake up with a lot of these like itchy bumps all over my wrist, and I'm I think it was bed bugs, which sounds really disgusting. Well, I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but it's not my fault. It was an outbreak happening. Um, so yeah, just I guess beyond the lookout. I don't know. Is this going to become a worldwide phenomenon from people traveling from France to other countries? Now that's how it spreads. They say. Um, just. Yeah, life is weird. And whatever happened, to murder hornets. you guys remember when murder hornets were a thing? That was like the next thing we were all fucking scared of. Um, as it seemed like end of days was happening. Now, now bed bugs. Um, just yeah, I'm good. I'm good on on the bed bugs. If we cannot have that happen, that'd be awesome. So, um, uh, just want to make you aware. Sorry if I creeped you out. It's a disgusting story. And literally, as he said, there's. No, no, what is safe? Nowhere is safe. You can catch them anywhere, anytime. Anyone, anywhere can get these bed bugs. That is a, a comforting thought. Now, with that said, uh, let's take a breath here. We'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back.
1: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: And let's close out this segment talking about Becky G. Now, Becky G has been on the Jay Shetty podcast uh, on purpose, and she was talking about going to therapy. She actually went to therapy with her family. And I just thought this was a really dope conversation with somebody being so honest. And, you know, anybody who listens to this, you know, I'm a big proponent of therapy and mental health and, and getting all, all those things, you know, in in order and making sure you're taking care of yourself at the end of the day. Right. And. I love when people who have a platform use it to, to speak about things like this and normalize it and maybe it inspires somebody else to destigmatize their idea of therapy. But, you know, she, she had this, this interview with Jay Shetty and uh, she was talking about, you know, how she has gone to therapy and she credits therapy for helping her with her, quote, parts work. Now, according to uh, Becky G and Jay Shetty, parts work is when you actively learn different parts of who you are. This practice proved to be revolutionary for her mental health. Now, she reveals to Shetty that therapy has been a, quote, investment. And the lessons she's learned from it are things she makes a daily practice. She also credits the practice for having helped her move away from her need to please people, right? Be a people pleaser, which is huge. Something I struggle with um, that I've, I've definitely gotten better at, but it's still always there. I know a lot of other people do as well. Another lesson that Becky has learned has been how to, quote, take inventory of how situations and relationships in her life have affected her. She begins saying, quote, I think when you take inventory of your life, you know, like really taking inventory on what your relationships with the people around you in your life look like and felt like from the moment you were born until this current day. Inventory on memories, you know, experiences that you've had and your reflections of them. And then also kind of revisiting those with those people and being like, hey, what was your experience in this like? I think this is interesting. I think this is a lot of the work I did when I went away to that retreat, the Hoffman process, right? Really thinking back to when you were a kid and your earliest memories with your caregiver and the relationship that you had, the dynamic and maybe certain things that you learned from them, you know, completely unbeknownst to you as an adult that you're kind of reliving that cycle and you're viewing the world through a similar lens, right? Uh, and, And just thinking about those significant relationships and moments throughout the course of your life and the effect they could have potentially had on you, you know? And... And I love that she talks about even speaking to those people, you know. I think having a chance to talk to my parents about some of the experiences that I had, things that, you know, I've been holding on to for a long time. Um at the Hoffman process, we also like humanize our parents. So we we do a practice where we like write a letter as if we are are, are them as like a kid, right? Or or is it to the childhood version of them? I can't remember. It's one or the other, but you write a letter and you basically put yourself in their shoes as a child, right? And that like humanizes them and allows you to sort of see where maybe they developed certain habits that then were passed on to you or or things that they did to you that, you know, weren't positive, but where they came from. Right. And I think it allows you to begin to have a bit of empathy for those people. Right. And and in this article, Becky goes on to say, quote, you know, it's the trippiest thing for me and my siblings, because I'm like, we dead ass have the same parents grew up with the same four walls around us. And we're all so different. We all process so different. Right. And, and, and I think this is a really interesting point to kind of make, you know, I think because as humans, we're all inherently different, right? Obviously, there are similar things that that you know sort of hold us together and bind us together. But even under your your own roof, your own siblings, your your household, everybody kind of processes or reacts to things in a different way. You know, um, I think for for me, I I rebelled against a lot of the things that my my parents sort of um, I don't know if I want to say like traumatized me with, but you know, a lot of those experiences, or or you know, for for me. I, I sort of lashed out, whereas my sister was very much to herself. She was like the, eight, you know, the kid who was very quiet, never got in trouble. And I was the complete opposite of that. And I think we both were sort of reacting to the situation in very different ways. You know, um, now moving on to the article, Becky says therapy helped her and her family hold space for each other, helping her move away from a parentified big sister mentality. Right. She says going to therapy with her family allowed Becky and her family to establish a quote deeper level of compassion, and empathy for one another. They also began holding space, something that they call beautiful. And she says, quote, so going back to an even deeper level of compassion, empathy, holding space for each other in that way. So beautiful. Yeah, we didn't get to the to really doing that until we went in to family therapy together. So thankful for the resources and opportunities to do so, because there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, we did things that could have gone one or another way. And we kept choosing, you know, family, she says. And I think she's talking here about because I I kinda cut a, a bit of the article up. I'll I'll put the the link to it in the show notes if you want to read the full thing or um check out the full episode of of Jay Shetty's on on purpose podcast. But she's also sort of, you know, talking about in the article when it comes to family, like there's a lot of times we have this mindset where it's like family over everything, right? And I think in theory it's beautiful and um when it's done healthily absolutely right your 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 family is a priority your loved ones are a priority but at the same time it should never be family over your own personal mental health your own well-being right and i think that's sort of the um line that a lot of us have a problem sort of walking and and she kind of talks about that a bit in in the article you know walking that line and and how you know just because somebody is your blood family doesn't mean that you have to sort of give up yourself entirely just for them right there has to be this balance i think and you can't allow unhealthy behaviors from somebody just because they're family like boundaries are incredibly important it's something she talks about now getting back to the idea of like parts work which is something she mentions a lot she talks about how it's helped her tap into different aspects of herself you know um she credits the practice with having helped her learn about the different parts of herself that make her who she is she says quote recently i started doing like parts work which we were talking about all the parts, you know, like, oh, there's a part of me that's still a child. I'm still freaking afraid of the dark. I romanticize. I travel. I'm alone in my hotel room and I'm like, I'm going to leave the TV on so it feels like somebody is here because it's a little scary in here that she admits. And then she also admits, you know, part of her is is still trying to figure things out, right? That's very much a part of herself and that um, at times she still feels a little lonely, a little lost. That is very much so a, a part of herself, right? And I, I love these conversations when it comes to people like Becky Jean, it's not because their point of view is more valid than any one of ours. But I think a lot of people have the misconception that once you found success, you have money, you have fame, um, you have so much of what you've dreamed about, there's this misconception that everything else just sort of falls into place automatically for you. And that's not to say that there aren't obviously benefits to somebody who lives her lifestyle, right? She doesn't have to deal with the stresses of, of finances anymore and has access to things that many of us dream about, right? But that doesn't mean she's void of the human experience and everything that comes along with it and the trauma that she faced growing up and the things that she still deals with till this day as a result, right? And and whatever other obstacles life are going to throw her way, as they do for all of us, you know? And I think when you hear somebody who's found a great deal of success in their career Acknowledging that they have to now go back and do the, the self work, right, the hard work on yourself and get therapy and, and, and learn about all these different practices uh, for mental health, I think to me, it's a great reminder that a, we're all in this together. But B, this is nothing to be ashamed of, right? This doesn't mean you're broke and this doesn't mean you' there's something wrong with you or that you won't ever be a successful functioning human being if, if you feel like you're not right now. It shows you that everybody, all walks of life, even those who seem to have it all, are going through similar things to you, and they're seeking the help for it, right? So therefore, you shouldn't feel weird or awkward about going out there and getting help. And I think that's the the beauty of these types of, of conversations, you know, and I, I salute Becky G for being so open and, and vulnerable on this one, and, and Jay Shetty for having a platform that allows people to do so. so. Just some food for thought. Anybody who's still on that fence about getting help, about going to therapy, about trying to Um, improve their life, you know, I I hope when we read about people like Becky G doing the hard work on on themselves, it it reiterates that you're not alone and this is okay. You don't have to feel weird about it. It's a very normal experience. And there are tons of of other people from our community and people who are successful and, you know, all walks of life that are acknowledging the importance um, and value of talking to somebody about these things. So I encourage you, if you are on the fence about it, um, you know, allow somebody like Becky G to be an inspiration to normalize it for you and and maybe help push you um over that line if you feel like you've been kind of going back and forth about it i know i go to therapy i got therapy uh tomorrow and i'm so fucking excited i got my my phone on my notes app i got a list of things i'm about to hit uh my guy phil with so uh trust me i am all in on this therapy stuff and salute to her for being the same way and her family as well that's not easy i don't think i could convince my family to go to therapy so salute to her now, with that said, let's uh, talk about some positive stuff. Although that was kind of like had a positive tone to it, which I love. Uh, we'll talk about that in our segments. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back.
2: I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prinz Jr. Like a good neighbor, stay farmers there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows, wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: off
0: today. All right. So I wanted to talk about this new TV show. It's actually a game show. They're saying it's the first ever multicultural and bilingual primetime show. Amazing stuff. Uh, Jamie Camilo's new game show. It's called Loteria Loca. And the show takes much of its cues from a beloved game that was uh, inspired by the classic show La Loteria. Uh, early versions of La Loteria were created in the 15th century in Italy. It traveled to Spain sometime later, and the Spanish brought it to New Spain, aka Mexico. Now, there are some differences here in the new game show. He says uh, that, again, this is the first multicultural, bilingual, Latin inspired game show ever to appear on primetime, saying it doesn't stereotype Mexican uh, culture. Um, they actually seek to honor Mexican culture in an authentic and appropriate way, and I have I've never known about this game, so forgive me if my my ignorance, uh, my my Mexican friends, if you are all on onto this and you love uh, la loteria, I'm no idea what the hell it is, but loteria loca is is now this sort of new iteration of it that's on TV, um, where you have two contestants going head to head as they try to nab. A -a three-in-a-row loteria, earning cash prizes along the way, but in a twist of events, if one person doesn't have the card they picked on their board, their opponent steals the cash. Players will also have to be on the lookout for the loca card, which uh, challenges them, uh, and it adds more money to their pot through different challenges. Um, They're saying getting a loca card will see the players take on interactive challenges. In the first episode, a contestant plays a, quote, finish the lyric game, which songs sung by Camille himself and music played by the iconic drummer Sheila E. That's fucking awesome. Sheila E was um, Prince's drummer. She's dope. Uh, and the ultimate game of Loteria Loca is to get two Loterias to move to the next round and continue racking up money to reach the $1 million prize. This Bad Boy airs uh, Mondays on CBS. I love it. I'm not a game show person whatsoever. I haven't tuned into basic cable evening time, prime time programming in God knows how long I couldn't even tell you the last time I watched something like I don't watch the reality shows I don't watch any of that shit Um, most things I watch are on demand and like something streaming on on like Hulu or Netflix or Prime or or YouTube or whatever it is right but I'm gonna tune into this even though I'm not great at like remembering to tune into something at a specific time I'm gonna support this I probably won't won't necessarily enjoy it because I don't like game shows in general but I think it's so dope and again it like it speaks to the change that we're seeing, right? Like, how amazing is this? This is the first ever, as they're claiming it, multicultural bilingual primetime show, and it's on CBS primetime, right? CBS Mondays at uh, I don't even know what time it, it airs, but let's say primetime. It's probably eight PM, right? I'm gonna Google this. I wanna make sure I give you uh, the the you know the the proper information here, right? Uh, make sure as many people as possible are tuning into this i'm gonna google these uh these things so it's a 9 p.m eastern obviously uh on on cbs on mondays uh and then it looks like it airs again on saturdays at at 8 p.m just dope though i i like regardless if it's my thing i celebrate the shit out of stuff like this because again it's our culture out there playing in the mainstream right and we're not having to pull punches. We're like doing it our way. I love how he's talking about celebrating Mexican culture and it's bilingual and it's multicultural. So like, you know, you're you're doing something that is now being accepted as universal, yet it's our culture. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing because again, the narrative for so long is that our stories or black stories only exist within their niches. They are not universal stories and that white stories are universal. Everybody can relate to them, right? And obviously this is bullshit, but now we're seeing things like this, and it's a move uh, and a step in the right direction, right? The idea that it's not on Univision, but instead on CBS, you know, where soccer moms are, are going to be tuning in on a, a Monday evening trying to get their fix of game shows. Um, and they're going to be smacked in the face with some bilingual Latin goodness. I'm all for it. And that's what we need more of. Um, and that's why we have to celebrate people who are doing the work, uh, regardless if they speak Spanish properly and all these different nonsensical things, right? This is a step in the right direction. I love it. it needs to be celebrated. So, uh, you know, shout out to, to Sheila E for, for being on this show. She's uh, obviously a legend and Jamie Camille as well. So, amazing stuff. We are moving in the right direction. Stuff like this gives me, gives me a lot of hope. Now, with that said, let's tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew Time for Conclusion. Mm. All right, so keeping it short and sweet, Kevin McCarthy, Republican, is out as the Speaker of the House. Like regardless of what side of the aisle you fall on, I think obviously it's a little bit more embarrassing for Republicans, but I don't think any of us should be celebrating this. It's like it just shows the dysfunction of the modern U.S. government, the alleged greatest country in the world, when we can't even do the basic things like just keep our our government in order right like we're literally doing things that are unprecedented we're in a place that hasn't been seen since pre-civil war right the, the the split that we're seeing the polarization that we're seeing that's just not good and it's not acceptable and i don't think either side is doing enough to actually get us back to a stable place uh where we can be proud of the government and and all that um you know the, the people that are are running it and and also get back to a place where they are thinking with big picture in mind, the country and the people as a whole, not just political gains um, at the end of the day. And I think that's the problem right now is it's all about political strategy, not a, not enough about how the country is being run and how the everyday American is potentially going to be impacted by these games. And that's where I have a problem with both sides. Now, bed bugs. I don't want them. I, I think it's just pretty, pretty simple there. And if you went to France, don't be bringing your bedbugs over here. I have no interest. I am I am grateful that I don't have to go traveling into the city taking public transportation on a daily basis anymore uh, or on a regular basis. I'm grateful for that. That is something I am, I am happy for. So maybe I could avoid this whole bedbug stitch if it does hit New York again. Um, but this just creeps me the fuck out and grosses me out even just thinking about seeing one of these things crawling around my bed or like a, a slew of them. It's just disgusting. If you watch videos, if you want to torture yourself, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can see what these things look like. But gross, gross stuff. Um, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired. I just want to let my hair down. I'm tired of, of being plagued by the next fucking thing. I just want to relax for a little bit. I want to breathe for a second, you know? But here we are. Bed bugs. <sighs> gross. Anyway. Also, Becky G going to therapy with her family. You love this. I love people talking about themselves and, and being vulnerable, I should say, and open about the struggles that they go through. Hopefully, her story inspires others to get help that they may need. Again, it's like, you know, don't be caught up in the fear of, oh, this is a stranger and all that comes along with it. Like, these are people that legally have an oath that they they can't share your information, um, you know, and, and they're literally there to help you. Like, this is what they've been trained for. You owe it to yourself, right? Don't allow the fear of talking to a stranger or another person or the stigma attached to therapy don't let it rule your life. I promise you, like, you're going to be so appreciative, so grateful of the fact that you invested in yourself and pushed past the fear and and really went for it to learn more about yourself and and to become a happier person, right? Because that's really what ends up happening when you get a good therapist and you're working through and you find out all these things about yourself, you're inevitably going to just feel so much better about life, you know? And I'm going to give a really, really, really quick example. Like, today I was Um, today's been a crazy fucking day in general, but, um, I was having some like tech issues and it was just like, of course, when you're rushing and like, you know, you have a million things to do and and you have tight deadlines, all of a sudden something decides to break or it's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I caught myself in the moment where I'm like trying to get something to work and it's not working I'm getting frustrated. I would have normally like lost my shit and just like yelled in the room by myself. Right. Um, or, 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 you know, just lost my cool in some sort of way. I would have yelled uh and today i caught myself before i did that like i thought like i had the thought and i was present to the thought of i'm pissed off i'm annoyed at this i'm about to yell and i caught myself and was like remember all that you've worked on all your training all the the self work that you've done that's not who you are anymore and i literally had like quickly had that conversation in my mind and i didn't freak out i didn't lose my cool and that's only as a result of me investing a lot of time and work and practice into trying to be better and to be the version of of of, of myself that that makes me proud right because I don't want to be the guy that yelled like my dad did about every little thing right so i've I've really done a lot of hard work to not be that guy I have it in me for sure but through the hard work I'm now able to catch myself and it doesn't happen all the time but I have to say majority of the time I catch myself in the moment and I don't get to that point where I lose my shit. And that's only a result of therapy and, and healing work and working on myself continuously that I've gotten to a point. I'm so proud of that. Like, I'm literally really proud of myself. And I was proud of myself in that moment that I had that level of self-control to not lose my shit. Even though I'm exhausted, I'm anxious about all the work I have to do. And of course, the stupid camera is not working now for no reason whatsoever. Right. But I kept my cool in that moment and, and got what I had to get done. And that's the effects of therapy and working on yourself. So just a little story for you guys. And lastly, this uh, TV show, this new game show, uh, Loteria Loca, happening on CBS on Mondays at 9 p.m., the first ever multicultural and bilingual primetime show. Amazing. Like I said, I'm not even a game show person. I'm going to tune in to support because this is a huge thing for our community, our culture, represented in the biggest way possible alongside Primetime Soccer Mom TV. And they have no choice but to accept us, um, you know, and to get with it. And, and, uh, and I love that Hollywood is beginning to see that our stories have a lot of value. even though We've known that for a long time. Um, and obviously, who, kn- who knows what their intentions are? Of course, they probably see it to be profitable. Sure, it's a business. Um, but regardless of that, this breaks down barriers, breaks down doors for the next thing. Um, and eventually getting us to a place where diversity is just normalized rather than something we have to celebrate, you know. And I think that's the goal at the end of the day and stuff like this is, is huge for that. And that's it, man. Thank you all so much for tuning in at justb.nyc I've mentioned this, but I'm trying to grow the Instagram. So if you want to give us a little follow on there, it's my wellness brand. I'm trying to grow that that Instagram following. So appreciate all the love and support thus far. And if you're not following, please you know go ahead and follow. And if you are somebody who hasn't reviewed the podcast yet, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever it is, You know, rate us a nice little five-star rating if you feel inclined. Leave us um, a review, a comment that helps out so much you have no idea. A good positive comment always helps. So I appreciate y'all. And that's it. Have an amazing weekend. I will catch you on Tuesday with a brand new episode. So then stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio.
1: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids'
3: playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air.